This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode is another solo episode, and you guys gave a really great response to my previous one. So I do want to do more of these, not this back to back. Like I know this one is like two weeks later. I do think I want to do them more like once a month, maybe every three weeks. But I just feel like I get to connect with you more on here and I feel like I can open up a lot more and I can give you the content that you want. I can answer your questions. I can just be a bit more personal on the pod. So if you found me on the podcast, please let me know because I feel like everyone found me like through YouTube or Instagram. But then I'm getting more and more people that are like, oh, no, I found your podcast first, which is crazy to me because I just like don't know who is listening. So if you are listening let me know. Let me know where you came from. You can join the Geneva group, screenshot this, post it on your story, all of that stuff. Review it, all of that. You guys know the drill. I don't really want to bombard you with telling you what to do, but just letting you know that it's always nice to hear when people are listening, who's listening, and how you guys found me. But today's intro, I am going to fill you in about London because I just got back from London a few days ago and oh my goodness, it is top five cities now like honestly top like three cities that I love like it is one of my new favorite cities and I really really want to spend more time in London I feel like I could spend a whole summer there and that would be perfect I don't think I would ever want to spend a winter there I think a summer would be good for me but I would love to spend maybe like next summer or the following summer I don't know I would just love to spend an extended period of time there because I was only there from Thursday to Sunday and Sunday morning I left. So really I only had like three days there and I think it was way too short, obviously, but I did get a lot done in three days and I feel like I got to see the city in three days and it was incredible. So I'm kind of going to walk you through what I did just in case any of you guys are going or you guys just want to hear about it. If any of you are from there, want to hear about what I did, want to get any inspiration for your next upcoming trips, then listen up. But First, I actually left Miami on Wednesday and I was meeting Keon there. So his company is based in London, the company that he works for. So he actually was there for two weeks. His family is also like in Europe too. So I wanted to like meet up with him. And so I booked a trip for like a weekend pretty much so I can spend some time there before he actually started to work. So I booked my flight on Wednesday afternoon from Miami. And you guys know I'm notoriously late for all my flights. Well, I did not want to be late for this. So I got there like one and a half hours early. Actually a little, it was like one hour and 45 minutes early for my flight because I know you're supposed to get there like two hours early for international or I don't know, they say three hours, but that's just way too much. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get there two hours early. So I left with plenty of time and I sat at the gate and it was fine. Like I got there and just sat there and kind of like did some work at the gate. It really wasn't that bad, but you guys know me. I like to live life a little bit on the edge and I don't like to get to my flights early. So, you know, it was, it was a little tough getting, (laughs) forcing myself to do that, but my flight left at five. I got there at like 3.15 and then I had a nine hour, I think it was like eight or nine hour flight to London and I got there at 6 a.m. or like 6.30 a.m. London time. So I 
thankfully slept on the plane. I did work for a few hours. And if there is one thing about me on flights, I am always going to buy the Wi-Fi. Like 100%. I don't even care if it's like $50. I'm buying the Wi-Fi. This Wi-Fi was $35 because I honestly don't know what to do with myself if I don't have Wi-Fi. And I know that's another problem that we can unpack and we can discuss later. But for me, flights are a time where I can do like uninterrupted work. So I'm not like scrolling on TikTok or like on Instagram. I'm really just like doing my work even though sometimes the Wi-Fi is so glitchy and it makes me want to rip my hair out when it's not loading, which is typically what happens on these long flights. But spent $35, did work for like two, three hours, and then I fell asleep. And then I took some sleeping medicine. So I took like a nighttime Zyrtec, which has some like sleeping medicine in it. And I knocked out for a while. Obviously, I was not in like a deep slumber, but I I did feel rested. Like when I woke up when we were about to land, I felt very rested, which is really unlike me to sleep on planes. I do not sleep on planes. It's so hard for me to fall asleep on planes. But thankfully, I bought the sleeping medicine beforehand because I was not about to not sleep on that flight and then have a whole day in London. That would just have been miserable for me. And I also, you know, sleeping makes the time go by faster. So Landed in London and Keon landed at the same time. So I met him at his terminal and then we decided to take the train into the city, which is so much easier and I highly recommend it. It's cheaper, it's easier, it's faster. Taking the tube right to where our stop was. So we took the tube from the train, inside the train, to Covent Garden, which is where we were staying. Covent Garden was beautiful. We got out of the train station and it was like a fairy tale. I felt like I was in Hansel and Gretel. So if you guys are going to London, you need to go to Covent Garden. It is the most beautiful place. Like I was obsessed. Like I cannot believe we're here. And I heard that this doesn't happen often, but it was a sunny, warm day. And I know it's usually like cold and rainy there. And it was so sunny and so nice. And I loved it. So sunny, nice, warm day and got off the train, walked to our hotel with our bags. Was not a far walk. Hotel was really, really nice as well. And then we went to like a cafe. We got some coffee. It was just like so cool exploring the city. I don't know. I was like, I cannot believe that I am exploring this. Like it it just felt so surreal. Like for me, I'm a very romantic person, I think, where I like romanticize my life a lot which I think is a very great quality. Being there with Keon in a fairy tale, I was like, this is such a beautiful moment. Like, and I, if you know me, like I love coffee. I love like the ritual of having a morning coffee. So like walking to a coffee shop and sitting outside on these like cobblestone streets, drinking a coffee, like in London, like it just felt so romantic to me, even though we were running on like no sleep. And it was the best. Like it was, it was seriously such a good day. So that day we had some coffee. It was great. And then we kind of explored the city. I'm trying to think what we did every single day because they're kind of blurring together. But I know on Thursday when we got there, I have like my itinerary. So let me pull that up because that will actually like, I'll be able to jumpstart my memory on what we did. Okay. So we ended up meeting Keon's family later that afternoon and we got lunch at Dishoom, which was the most requested or not requested, was the most recommended restaurant I got when I was asking, where should I go in London? So it was Dishoom. It's an Indian place and it it was delicious. Like it was so good. And I am not the biggest Indian food fan, but this one was really, really, really good. So we got that for lunch. After lunch, we went to Hyde Park, which was really nice. So we walked all around like Hyde Park. I honestly was underwhelmed by Hyde Park. I don't know if I maybe got went to like the wrong area, 
but I didn't think that it was like that special or that nice for some reason. I don't know. It just like, it wasn't it for me. It wasn't, it wasn't the necessarily like the place that I thought was like the cutest. So we went there and then afterwards we actually ended up getting drinks with Keon's friends. So Keon has coworkers there because like I said, his company's in London. So we got drinks with his friends, went out, drank a little bit. And then I got McDonald's at night because I was, I wasn't like drunk by any means, but I definitely was a little tipsy. And if I am tipsy, I need to eat. So we ended up getting McDonald's and let me tell you guys, McDonald's has a snack wrap. It's not technically called snack wrap in the UK, but it's called like the big wrap or something like that. It's like the big fiery wrap. I don't know what it's called. It's essentially the snack wrap again. I was so insulted that they have that there, but they don't have it in the United States. Like people want the snack wrap and yet McDonald's is just like, no, we're not going to give it to you which is very rude. So I was very happy that I got to eat it there. I also got mozzarella sticks because they were on the menu and I never had mozzarella sticks from McDonald's. They weren't okay. Wouldn't recommend. The fries are much better. But yeah, I was insulted by the snack wrap. I thought that was very rude that they had that there, but I was at least thankful that I had the chance to eat it while I could. So I did that. Went to bed at probably like 1 or 2 a.m. The next day we woke up, we ended up getting a not Sunday roast because obviously it was not Sunday, but we went to a place that was like famous for Sunday roast and they had like meat. So we got some steak. We got some like, we got some sort of vegetable. We got some pork belly. We got fries or as they say, they're chips. <laughs> so that's what we did then. And that was in Soho. Then we went to Soho, walked around Soho a bunch. We actually spent the day doing some historical stuff. So we went to like the Buckingham Palace. We went to Westminster Abbey. We got to see like, you know, the palaces and the parks. And it was it was just a really cool day. And I really enjoyed my time. And then we actually went to Harrods. So I heard that I had to go shopping at Harrods. So we went to Harrods. It was a really cool department store, but everything was just so expensive. So I didn't end up getting anything. I actually didn't end up shopping at all. And then we went to Sketch and it was like a very fancy restaurant that I honestly think is overrated. The bathroom is cool. You know, the bathroom that looks like a spaceship, but I just thought Sketch for dinner at least was overrated and very expensive. So I don't really recommend doing that if I were you, if I were going to London. And I'm trying not to bore you with all these details. So I'm going to make Saturday quick. Saturday, we went to the National History Museum. We got afternoon tea at the Goring Hotel, which I think if you are in London, you need to get afternoon tea. I think it's like a must because it's so traditional and the sandwiches were really good. It's a lot of like bread. So keep in mind, it's very carb heavy and it's very sweet, but the tea was delicious. The sandwiches were good. It was just overall like such an amazing experience. And I feel like if I lived in London, I would do that for like special occasions, like anniversaries or birthdays. Definitely not all the time because it was also very, very expensive. To be completely honest, we spent like almost 200 or actually we did spend like $200 on afternoon tea for the two of us. We decided to just go me and him and it was a lot of money. So just keep that in mind when you're planning out your London trip. And then we just we walked around Chelsea, which Chelsea was such a cute, like posh area. Like it was just really, really nice. And then we went back and we started getting ready for Harry Styles. So I did go to the Harry Styles concert, which was incredible. It was so much fun. I forgot how much I like loved concerts and I haven't been to a concert since before COVID. So it's been so long since I've been. And let me tell you, the Harry Styles concert was one that was really, really fun. I am obsessed with his new album. Like, I just already know when my Spotify rap comes out for this year, Harry Styles is probably going to be my top person that I listen to because I'm obsessed with his new album. And it brought me back to when I was like 15 years old and I was obsessed with One Direction. 
and I would always reblog them on Tumblr. My Tumblr was essentially like a One Direction fan account. I really, really loved One Direction when they were on the X Factor. And then when their first album came out and I found them on Tumblr. So I felt super cool because I like knew of them before most people in the United States knew about them. Like it was before their album released in the U.S. Like I would literally like bootleg their album when I was young. So I just I really, really loved One Direction. So getting to see like Harry Styles at Wembley Stadium in London was like so surreal and so cool. And it was incredible. Uh, And then the next morning I had to leave. So that was really sad. (laughs) But I'm definitely going to be back. Keon's there for another week, which I'm super, super jealous of. But it has become one of my absolute favorite cities. And I loved it so much. So just wanted to share what I did. Make sure that you remember this episode if you are planning your London trip so you can kind of hear about it. But I'm also vlogging and I posted some TikToks about it as well. So you can see all the content on there too. But Yeah. Now I know you guys are probably like, where's the life advice? We're like 15 minutes into this podcast and I haven't heard any life advice because I just wanted to be chatty with you. And let me know if you guys like these chatty segments before we get into the actual questions, because you guys asked me a lot of great questions and I can't wait to answer them. So I'm going to go through them, answer them for you. And I'm very excited about that. And again, I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I am not any expert in advice. I'm not a life coach. But I do think that I want to be like a friend to you. And I feel like that's who I am on social media. It's like that friendly figure, I guess, or like that, I don't know, just a friendly person that you guys can count on for advice. And I want to give you advice as if I was like telling my best friends this advice. So take that as you will. Don't take this as like I'm any expert or any professional, but just take it as like I'm your friend that wants the best for you. And that's how I'm going to answer these questions based on my own experience personally. So I hope that you guys enjoy and let's just dive into the advice. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me. I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time, you know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. 
Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, so I asked you guys on Instagram to ask me life advice questions, all of course anonymous, and then I also asked you to email me if you wanted to, but the DMs were definitely a little bit more popular, so I'm going to go through. I haven't actually looked at these, and I'm going to pick some out that I think are going to be really, really useful, and I'm really excited to kind of jump into this and go into it blind, like literally as if you were my friend, and you're like, hey, I need to ask you something. What do you think about this? So Let's get started with the first one, which I get this question a lot. Uh, It's advice for starting out living alone for the first time in a new place and far-ish from family. I'll be making a big move soon, so I'd love to hear about your experience moving to Miami at first. So I get questions like this a lot, like what's your thoughts about moving away from, especially moving away from home, making friends as an adult, anything in that realm. And I think that it's one of those things that, again, it's glamorized a lot on the internet. It's like, oh my God, you're moving across the country. So cool. Or you're moving abroad, like so cool. And and it gets very glamorized because usually when you do move across the country or you move away from family, you're going to a bigger city. You're going to a city that is a little bit more like unknown to you. Maybe you've never lived there before. Maybe it's a long flight away from home. Maybe if it's a far drive from home and you're experiencing like all of these new things, you're moving in with a roommate, maybe, you know, you're trying to make friends, you're starting a new job. Like usually moves don't just come like they're never small. They're always kind of accompanied by another life event or by something else that's like really exciting and really big happening at the same time that's causing you to move. It's never really just like, I'm going to move for no reason whatsoever. So I do think that moving away from home is always something that it's not that little of a deal. It actually is a big deal. And it's something that is really scary. And a lot of times you just see the photos of people moving away and it's so much fun and it's so cool. But moving a lot of times is, it's one of those things where like there's so much unknown going on. So to answer your question, advice for how to deal with it moving away from home, I would say that one, you have to understand that like the first few weeks are probably going to be really hard. Don't be fooled by social media showing you that it's glamorous, showing you that there's so much, you know, oh my God, it's so much fun. There's so much to do. 
in other places. Don't be fooled by social media by showing you that like it's going to be like the best time of your life because even if it will be later on in the beginning it may be difficult and I don't say this to be like a negative person or to be like a downer but it's to really set your expectations to not feel like a failure if you're not having the grandest time or the best time after one week of living there because it can be really lonely and really isolating but that's also to say you have to put yourself out there and you also need to know that it gets so much better with time and you're going to like fall in love most likely with the place that you move over time and I think that's what happens a lot so one thing is when you first move I like moving like having like my mom or dad move me in having them stay for a little bit explore the area with them and then saying goodbye so if you have that ability I definitely recommend having your family kind of like help you move at first and staying with someone even if it's like friends or family like just having someone there with you the first few days and then I would think about like how are you going to settle in how are you going to meet people what's going to be your routine First thing I would do is set up a routine. So when I first moved to Miami, it was not my first time moving away from home. I would say my first time really moving away from home would be college, but that's a little bit different. And then my second time really moving away from home was New York City. So when I moved to New York, I had a roommate and I wanted to establish a routine. So like the first thing I did was like I went and I got a gym membership like my second day there. I started setting like a, a time that I'm going to wake up every morning and go to the gym and like for work, for example, when are you going to start the day? When are you going to head to work or when are you going to log into your computer? Like try to develop some sort of routine and then I would always make it an effort to do something either after work or on the weekends. So whether it was with my roommate, whether it was with people that I met on social media, I would DM people, I would ask them to like hang out because you're probably going to be lonely if you're just going through the motions of like waking up, going to work and coming back home and not making any effort to like get out there if you're not actually like making that effort. So start DMing people on social media that you might want to become friends with or want to grab lunch with join a gym, join a club, join a church, like anywhere where there is like like-minded people or other people around your age, for example, I definitely think that you should start doing something like that early on. Like you want to do that from the beginning because it's really easy to get into a routine of doing nothing and then feeling lonely and isolated. And I do think that's what causes a lot of times people to like hate where they're living because they never really gave it a shot. So that's one thing I would say. And then in terms of like how to deal with like missing family, I would say start like FaceTiming them on your walks, FaceTiming them on your commute or calling them or, you know, having kind of just like random hours in the day when you're talking to them so that you aren't feeling like you haven't spoken to them or you're not in their lives or, you know, to you don't feel as like disconnected to them. So that's what I would do as my advice. And that's what always helped me because it's really easy to feel homesick. But the number one thing that makes me not feel homesick is when I start developing my own routine, because then I'm not thinking about my routine at home. I'm thinking of, no, I have this routine here. And then putting yourself out there and meeting people because friends are not going to come to you naturally. Most likely they're going to be something that you need to put an effort in and you need to like do the work to make those friends. So that's what I would say for moving away. And of course, like everyone's situation is different, but that's what helped me the most. And even here in Miami, like I have my routine here. I call my my mom, like if I'm walking or if I'm like driving somewhere, like I'll just call her for like 15 minutes, like whenever I'm doing something. And instead of like listening to music or listening to a podcast, I'll call my family. And I feel like that makes me just feel a little bit more connected to them. But it's not like I'm like FaceTiming them all the time and like not living in the present or living in like the city that I'm I'm currently in, if that makes sense. So that's what I would do. But good luck wherever you move. I feel like there's always an adjustment period. So 
don't be discouraged if you don't love it immediately from day one and it takes a lot of effort so that's just one thing that I would say and I hope that you have a great time moving wherever you're going because I think that that is it's an exciting time no matter if you're moving just because or you're moving for a job you're moving for a relationship like whatever it is I think that it is going to be a great time and I can't wait to see like and hear you like tell me in a few months like what it's like and and how it's been going for you This next one is how to network outside of work and school in order to get those connections within the business or company you're looking to work for or just gain more information. I think I need to do a whole episode on networking. Let me know if you would be interested because let me tell you, I have become a networking pro. Look, I will self-identify as a networking pro, networking expert. I have gotten so good at it and I'm really proud of myself because I mean, listen, I am not someone that had the most connections, like especially in terms of family connections, for example, for what I'm trying to do, zero, like absolutely zero family connections. So it wasn't something that like I grew up knowing a lot of people. When I was in school, I was so not connected. I don't remember a single professor's name, like not one, which is honestly concerning for like my memory. Like, do I have is this concerning? Like, does, do I need to be checked out? The fact that I don't remember a single professor's name or face or what they looked like, like, was I not awake during school or what? And let me remind you, I went to school in person. I didn't do any hybrid stuff. Like this was, I graduated in 2018 pre COVID. Why don't I remember any professors? I don't know. I was not very involved in school. You know, I studied industrial engineering. So that took up a lot of my time was just like my studies. And then YouTube, I was full on doing YouTube in school, which took up so much of my time as well. So I really wasn't involved in any extracurriculars. And also like my work, I'm self-employed. Like I don't really have connections from my work necessarily, but I will say having a social media presence a hundred percent helps when it comes to networking. Like if I DM someone, I'm verified. That definitely helps get people to see it. But regardless, I do think that I have become a networking pro because I'm not verified on LinkedIn, mind you. So I'm going to talk about LinkedIn a lot. LinkedIn, by the way, if you want to sponsor this podcast, please do because I'm about to really shout you out. But first things first, like I said, I didn't have a lot of connections when it comes to school or work. So when I started Rella, talking to people was the best thing that I could have done. And whenever I give people advice on like, how do I start a business? What's the first step? My first step is always to talk to as many people as possible because you're going to learn a lot from them and they're going to know people that you need to know or that you are going to benefit you. And that's how the chain is going to get started. So when I first started Rella, my first thing that I did was asked around, like, do you know someone that does this? Do you know someone that does that? I would ask around for like developers, for graphic designers, anyone that I needed to start this business. But the one thing that I did that I think it was invaluable. It was the most valuable thing I could have done was I spoke with other founders. I spoke with other people that had started companies in the past. I spoke with other people that were in the industry. I spoke with anyone that I think could have been beneficial, even if they weren't in like what I was doing. If they were someone that started a company, if they were someone that was in the tech startup world, whether they were an investor, whether they had previously started a company, whether they were an advisor, a board member, whatever it was, I wanted to speak to them and I wanted to pick their brain. And the way that you go about it is not, hey, I want to pick your brain because, you know, there's there's not really anything in it for them. They might just be like, oh, someone else. You want to make sure that what you have is interesting, not to say that you need to like 
give something to them, but you want to make it compelling. You want to make it seem like they can see themselves in your shoes. They want to relate to you in some way. So whenever I would reach out to people, I would use LinkedIn to find anyone that I needed. If I had like mutual connections, I would ask my connections to introduce me to that person. I would literally DM them and be like, hi, hope you're doing well. I see that you're connected with this person. Would you be able to like send an intro? If not, don't worry. Like you don't have to send an intro, but I'd love to see if you could because warm intros and intros from other people always help. But I honestly don't even think that you need them. I think that just a cold reach out is so valuable. So if there is someone you want to network with, whether you're trying to get a job somewhere, whether you are trying to start a company, whatever it is, reach out to people either in that field, in that job, in that position, in similar industries, doesn't even have to be there. Reach out to them, tell them a little bit about yourself, explain why you're reaching out to them and say, I'd love to talk to you for just like 15 minutes. Like that's it. Like, let me know if you have any time. Like if I can help out in any way, please let me know. For me, since I'm on social media, I kind of leverage my social media to see like if I can help them out in any way. I'm like, if you need me to talk about your company, if you need me to help you with social media, like I'm so happy to do it. So reaching out on LinkedIn was definitely one of the biggest successes. And then Instagram and Twitter as well. Depending on the industry you're in, Twitter helps a lot. Startup, tech, VC, anything along those lines, Twitter is the place to be. But for other things like fashion, beauty, marketing, PR, Instagram is the place to be. So you're going to want to make sure that you have an Instagram presence, that you're public, and that you're reaching out on Instagram. The world is so small now. It is incredibly small. And if you are not using social media to network, you are doing it wrong. And I'm sorry if that's harsh, but it's true. You need to start leveraging social media presences. Go big. Who cares? Like if you want to message freaking Jeff Bezos, like message Jeff Bezos because you do not know if he will respond. Obviously, I don't think you should necessarily only go that big, but get creative. If you want to message someone that is like, let's say you're trying to get a job at a company. Instead of messaging the CEO, you could try that. But if they don't respond, message someone else at that company because eventually you will be able to get there. You know the saying that's like everyone's five degrees of separation away from each other? They are. So I am five degrees away from literally anyone. I feel like my world is so small. Like you guys, I am three degrees of separation away from Taylor Swift. Isn't that insane? Like what? Like I did the math. I was like, wow. I'm literally three degrees of separation away from Taylor Swift. And it's not even through social media, guys. It's through Keon. I'm not going to tell you how, but it's it's through Keon. He knows someone that's very close with her. And I'm like, what in the world? That was a tangent. But, you know, it's all that to say is that you need to start leveraging your network. You need to start leveraging your community and you need to start talking to people and like being shameless about it and messaging like 20 people a day and you will get responses. And then at the end of every conversation, ask, hi, do you know someone that would be helpful for me? And they're probably going to think of someone and then they're going to make an introduction to that person and your network is going to continue to grow. So it starts on social media, but it, it grows by being like very persistent and very just like shameless and asking people for contacts. The next question that I got and that I get a lot, which is similar to kind of the first two, honestly, is making friends slash reinserting yourself in a social slash in-person environment after being remote for a long time. It's something that I'm really struggling with. So this is something that I have 
look, I've been remote before COVID. I haven't worked in an office setting since 2019. And it's because obviously I quit my job in 2019 and I've been remote ever since. So it's been a really long time. So when COVID hit, I wasn't really that impacted by the remote working sense because I had always been remote. So for me, the way that I am putting myself out there is like I said, one, like joining things like joining a church or joining a gym or just putting yourself out there in like social environments. And I'm not saying to like meet someone in that way, because let's be honest, when I go to the gym, I don't talk to anyone. I go to the gym and I go home. I have not made a single friend from the gym, but it's the fact that you're just like putting yourself out there and being in an environment where other people are makes your chances a bit higher. And it also makes you have, I think, less social anxiety when you are actually surrounding yourself with other people even if it's not in the environment where you are looking to make friends. And then in terms of making friends, I have two ways to do it. One, social media. You do not need to be an influencer to reach out to people and be like, hi, do you want to get lunch? Social media is the best way to meet people. Like I'm on TikTok and there is in Miami a TikTok like hot girl walk that happens in Miami. I think it's been going on like every week where a bunch of people on TikTok meet up for a walk in Miami and they walk around Brickle Key and they have their little hot girl walk. And it doesn't matter what size creator you are. You could literally not even be like a creator and you could just like show up for these walks and you meet a bunch of girls. So I think that that is really, really cool. The fact that social media like even allows for those opportunities. So for example, that's one way. So seeing like if there's anything going on in your community and just joining, because you know that all the people that are joining that walk, they're all looking to make friends. It's not like you're entering high school where everyone has their clicks and you don't know who's looking to make friends. When you go to a place like that, everyone is looking to make friends. The next way I would say is just like cold DMing people being like, hi, do you want to grab lunch? But then the next way is a more traditional way. And if anyone, you know, like knows someone that lives in your city, ask them and ask them to make an introduction. Again, like you need to be shameless when you are trying to meet people because you don't necessarily meet that many people just by like running into them at a grocery store. You meet them by putting yourself out there. You're not going to meet people in your routine for the most part. You're going to meet people when you start trying. So asking friends if they know anyone that lives in the area, even inviting friends that's like from your hometown, let's say like old friends or like friends that live in different cities, inviting them over for a weekend and forcing yourselves to like go out and like meet people because it's always less intimidating to meet people when you're with, you know, friends that you actually know. So leveraging the people that you know in your real life, but then leveraging social media, I think is the best way to network and make friends. And that's just what I would do. And that's what I did do, actually. So, (laughs) and also joining like groups, for example, I'm not trying to self promo, but my like Geneva community has people that live all over and there's people on there that like are looking to like meet up and hang out and do work together. So joining communities like that, where you guys have something in common, I think is really nice because again, the people in those communities are looking for friends. So you guys are all looking for the same thing. It's kind of like dating apps where on a dating app, you are looking for a relationship or a hookup or someone, you know, it's like, that is what you are there for. You're not looking, you're not on dating apps for the most part to be like, Oh, Oh, I was, I was actually just looking to like grab lunch and like just meet a friend. Like, no, everyone has like similar intentions. So you're going to a place where people have those intentions. Whereas same thing with like community groups or social media, like people have the same intentions as you. They're looking to meet people. So putting yourself out there is going to be really, really helpful with that. This next one is one that 
I have definitely experienced a lot. So this question is, have you ever experienced Murphy's law in your business slash life and started to doubt whether you should continue? Wondered if all the bad things happening were a sign to change course, struggling with this right now. So I don't actually know what Murphy's law is. I can guess based on context clues, but I'm going to look it up right now. So I'm not giving advice for something that I do not know. Okay, here's the definition of Murphy's Law, if anyone out there didn't know what it was either. Murphy's Law is an adage or epigram that is typically stated as anything that can go wrong will go wrong. In some formulations, it's extended to anything that can go wrong will go wrong at the worst possible time. All right, so I didn't really know that's what it meant. I thought it just meant like when you start seeing things, it's like, oh my God, I have a sign that things are going wrong. Like that not working out is a sign that something's not meant to be. So it like must not be meant to be like, so I should quit. That's what I was interpreting it as. So have I experienced this? Yes. I think it is so normal to experience it. And especially when it comes to like a side hustle or a business or a life decision that you've made. I think we look to signs to kind of validate what our gut is already telling us. Not all the time, but I do think sometimes we do that. So when we have a feeling in our gut like that, I am not meant to be doing this. I am not like meant to, you know, be dating this person. I'm not meant to be starting this business. I'm not meant to be at this school or living in this city. And then we start seeing things everywhere. Like things start going wrong. Like, oh my God, our water turned off unexpectedly, or we just got into this big fight or this went wrong that like shouldn't have happened. Like, I think we start seeing things more because we're looking for them. But I also do think that we're trying to find in our gut something else externally that is telling us don't do this don't do this because we already know in our gut that we're not supposed to that's how I feel however I need to add that there is a lot of nuance to this where a lot of times when things are difficult or when things are hard we can sometimes get in our head and be like well that might be a sign to quit and I think we need to be better at differentiating when it's time to quit and when it's time to give up versus like when something is just too hard and we're scared or we don't know how to keep going. Like I think that we need to differentiate between the two because it's not always when something's really hard that you should quit because life is going to be hard. And I think sometimes those decisions are, you know, the ones that you persevere through are the things that will actually benefit you and reward you the most. But I also think we need to understand like when our gut is telling us that something is wrong, when to listen to it. So I can't really differentiate it for you. So I can't be the one that's gonna tell you that's not right, or that's your gut, you should quit, or that's not your gut, you should persevere, because I don't know the situation. But I think we need to start practicing listening to our gut and asking ourselves questions like, why do I feel this way? Is it because I'm unhappy? Is it because it's really hard? Is it because things just like aren't working necessarily, but you really want them to work? What's the root cause? What's that issue? So for example, in a relationship. I mean, this is going to depend on on everyone, but let's use in a relationship. Are you guys fighting all the time over the same exact stuff and like the root cause, like it's never getting better and it hasn't gotten better and it's just constantly like getting worse, but you guys just are comfortable in a relationship. So you want to stick to it. Or is it that you've been dating for seven years and, you know, you haven't gone on a date in a while and like the romance just isn't there as much? Which one is it? Because one of those is easier to fix than the other. The romance one, the stale relationship, I think that's something that you can actually put effort into and try because I think a lie is when it's like, oh, I need to feel butterflies and passion all the time when that's not how relationships are, you know? 
or is it you guys are fighting over the same thing and you guys really are not happy with each other and you're sticking in this relationship because you don't want to be alone because those are two different things. So I guess like with a business, you can think of it as like, are things just really hard? Like, are things just something that like, I don't have as much of a social life anymore and I'm, things are feeling really difficult and I'm not growing and it's just not working in that sense. Or is it like your gut feeling telling you that like you hate the path that you're on? You don't want to continue. You would feel miserable if you were doing this in five years. Which one is it? Because there are two distinctions and we need to be better at listening to which those are. So I hope that that helped. I hope that that helped answer that question because I've definitely felt that way before. And I do think that it's something that I've struggled with. And I always go back to, is it something that's like an actual issue or is it my like deepest, like my gut telling me that something is really wrong and there needs to be action like right away. So just getting better at at listening to that. Well, guys, I know I didn't answer that much life advice. I answered a few questions, but I feel like I got deep into a lot of them. So I did want to say that I'm going to be answering a few more in other episodes. So be sure to follow me on Instagram, join the Geneva group. If you're someone that's looking to network, make friends, whatever, whatever that looks like. But just know that I really love courting these. I think they're so much fun and it's such a way to connect with you. And if you guys are going to London anytime, please let me know. And I want to hear what you guys do. And if I should spend my summer in London, because it was amazing and I absolutely loved it. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. I never know how to outro these anymore, but if you're still here listening, screenshot it, send it to me on my Instagram, tag me in it on Instagram. It's just at Natalie Barbu. And I'm really, really happy that I got to record this episode. So if you guys like these solo episodes, let me know. There's a ton of guests coming. So the next solo one may be in like four to five weeks, but let me know what you want to hear on this podcast. So anyways, thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys next Monday. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.